Most golfers would like to be able to play where the pros play. Sadly, we're not going to get on the PGA Tour, not with our skill set. However, you can still play where the pros have played if you put a bit of time and effort into it. This podcast tells you how to follow in the footsteps of giants. Welcome back to uh, part two of our, uh, what we'd like to refer to as our summer special. And this is Des and Mai's conversation with John Bamber, who was the chairman of the tournament committee for the 2019 Open Championship held at Royal Portrush. The 148th Open, but the first time that it had returned to Northern Ireland since 1951. And uh, we were just arriving at the point in our conversation where we started to talk truly about tournament week and everything that unfolded thereafter. So I hope you enjoy the second part of this conversation. So how much of the tournament, with your role working on a daily basis to make sure the thing, how much of the tournament did you actually get to see? Well, I mean... (laughs) I saw the bulk of the tournament about six months after it. But uh, <laughs> so you sat down so, and watched the TV. So, yeah. and actually, the, the one great thing about lockdown in 20, uh, the last year, yes. is that we did get a number of Sky Sunday reruns, uh, which were terrific. And I did genuinely sit mm-hmm. down one day when they were doing that. And I said, you know, I'm just going to actually watch what happened shot by shot through the course of the Sky coverage on that day. So I was fortunate enough through lockdown to be able to to see and actually reported to a few people different things about uh, the Open that I had not known in terms of scoring this, that, the other, whether it be balls out of bounds, balls lost, that type of thing. Anyway, I didn't really see, I went out a few times just to, to take a walk around just to get a general feel of, I wasn't really watching the golf, I was really getting a feel of how everything was moving in whether it be uh, the villages, whether it be around certain pinch points on the course where we were getting feedback that there would have been a little bit more difficulty. Um, Philip Tweedy was the chief uh, deputy chief marshal um, because he works with the, the RNA's uh, chief marshal. We were getting feedback. So you went out to see those sorts of things. Now, the, the wonderful thing was I um, was then able to, I had, being able to walk inside the ropes so you can get from A to B quickly. You can see up close some shots when we were out doing that. But I did do one thing. On, after the final meeting on the Sunday, I did decide, we knew the weather was coming in, and I said, do you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to walk from the first tee to the 18th green. And I hadn't done that through the course of the championship. And I just walked and went to each group, watched a couple of shots, moved on, went to the next one, moved on. And that was a really nice way to to sort of finish off what was about to happen, which was then get ready for the presentation for whoever, and we always hoped it mm-hmm. was going to be Shane Lowry. But that was something. And, and, you know, I just got back to the clubhouse before the really, really tough weather hit when they were about 
probably hole 11, 12, somewhere about yes. there. Yes. Uh, so I had completed my uh, so-called walk from A to Z and uh, therefore got changed and ready and out of the weather Good. for watching per Shane and did you Tommy. Get a, did you get a seat in the stand? Well, I got a space to stand on the 18th green oh, during the presentation better. so that even was yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was going I'm going to come <laughs> no, to that because yes. I have a uh, I have a question about that for yeah. a little later and in fact I have a note down here one of my favorite moments in the in the afternoon was um when the squall hit there was a tremendous squall hit. Yeah. Now, yeah. for any of us who've been up around the North Coast over the years, those squalls are not that unusual <laughs> in the summer. Yeah. But there was this squall yeah. hit, and it was coming from sort of the Port Stewart through Port Rush yeah. and, and on towards Port Ballantrae. I, I remember I was sitting on the final day, I was in front of the television with the uh, the commander, and the, the rain hit. And I said, uh, that's two minutes from us. That'll hit. And literally about two and a half <laughs> minutes later, this wall of water just hit the side of the house. Yeah. And he just looked at me and he goes, you don't really need a weather. <laughs> no, <laughs> a weather no. here. But the point that was at that moment, we were also watching on the television that Danny Willett was yeah. huddled under his umbrella laughing his legs off yes. yeah. at just how ridiculous the conditions had yeah. just turned in the space of a few seconds. Yes. And he was just pictured there laughing and they kind of waited it out for about a minute and a half and then it kind of just Yes, went eased. through. Yeah. But it, and it, I, I it was do a remember moment. Shane yeah. Laurie and Tommy Fleetwood taking quite a bit of time to put their, their wets on. The, yes. Yeah, funny, that's, <laughs> I was, that was a good moment. Yes, as it they, was. Yes. Uh, you, know, you think, are they in slow motion? Yeah. Or are they, uh, it was... Um, very tactical, I, very tactical. I think they were on the... Actually, I think they were on the 10th green. Uh, I was going to say 11th, or, but it could be the 10th. Was, yes, they it were was right about around that. Around there. Yes, it was, it was. So over Long the, way to go. Over the course of the week... Did you get the chance to talk to many of the players and get direct feedback from them, or were they really the players are sort of just well away from the tournament committee? Sort of? Well, I mean, I, I, I found rightly or wrongly a sort of uh, sanctuary uh, that um, I uh, we we had meetings every day, um, meeting in the morning, meeting at lunchtime, and and then um, my deputy David McMullen he he would attend some of the meetings for me that you know I didn't attend. The sanctuary was was the fact that the one place I went after the sort of morning meeting was uh, I went to the players facility, which was a fabulous facility. Yes, uh, obviously the big single, yeah. well, it was a double it's, story it's building. basically a clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, it was a, I mean, to describe something as a pop-up clubhouse sounds <laughs> rather tacky, but it was five star, a big investment for the RNA they, they put into that. Um, and that will go from open to open. Yes. Now, um, and the advantage was that it gave the members more facilities using their own clubhouse. So it's it's a really forward thinking uh, idea, but it was uh, absolutely magnificent. And effectively, the the advantage for me to go there, whether it be to write up notes, do my emails, whatever I needed to do, it, it effectively meant that nobody could get in touch with you at that uh, uh, yes. through there. So it gave you just that little bit of time to go in, have a coffee, sit down. And obviously the players were coming and going, but uh, I, nor would anyone be recommended. There would, there would have been um, really not any interaction uh, directly with the players in terms of, you know, chit chat, what have you. 
Uh, I had played with Tommy Fleetwood in a in a pro am just before, and uh, in fairness, he he's a very uh, cheery and absolutely very pleasant guy. And in fairness, he did come over and speak to me a couple of times and said good morning and how were things going and so forth. And it was really rather nice. Yeah, I mean, nice because I, I don't really know any of the No, but that's, the players. Re- that's actually really nice to hear because Tommy Fleetwood is a regular favourite on this podcast. Oh, yes. We, we talk very yes. positively yes. about Tommy. In fact, I have him predicted to win a major this year. Good. Um, and actually the one I said I thought he might win is actually the Open. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's ag- again he's suited he a for good it. Links player. Well, but of course. No, that uh, was yeah. uh, that was a nice uh, uh, a nice way to to be able to sort of you know get through the week in a. And, and just on that, because I've been fortunate over the years, I've also played with a couple of pros along yeah. the way, but nobody got quite the caliber of uh, Tommy Fleetwood. When you measure or when you stand up and you watch your ball flight against Tommy Fleetwood's ball flight. How do you feel? <laughs> it's um, uh, He was absolutely charming to play with. And my wife, Gillian, caddied for me the day I played with him. And, and I have to say... No, Big I, risk, because Tommy uh, Fleetwood's lovely. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I have to, I mean, he really, really was. And his, his caddy, Ian, is equally charming. And they... They're a great team, actually. They, they really are a great team. But I, I've only ever played in two pro-ams. And one was with Tommy Fleetwood. The other was... Remarkably, with Shane Lowry. Oh, so fantastic. it. Um, but Tommy Fleetwood that day, uh, you know, you're quite nervous on the first tee because I mean, I assure you, yeah. you know, in that sense, oh, yeah. it was uh, it, it was something uh, a bit special, and I really enjoyed the round. Once you got off the first tee yes, and so yes. forth, and Pressure's the format dying. that you play is a sort of a, a generous format. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, in that sense, and we, we had the, the fun side of that day was you're allowed to ask the professional to play one shot for you, as long as it's not dangerous or, or stupid, mm-hmm. you know, and um, uh, it was at Port Stewart, actually, that was where I was playing with them. And it was the, what, fourth hole, par five. Uh, I'd managed to hit a very good drive for me. And then I thought, you know, this is a real three-shotter for me. You know, I'm about 260 yards out here with a very steep uphill, if you can think of that I hole. know exactly yes, the hole you're thinking yes. of. Yeah. It's an excellent hole of golf yep. and really challenging par very five. Tough. So anyway, I decided this is the moment. And I said, uh, Tommy, would you mind playing my second shot for me? <laughs> and he said, gosh, he said, you know, most people just ask you to play a really tricky shot chip shot over a bunker or maybe a raking putt or something along those lines. And you want me to hit, you know, and I said, well, look, you know, this is, this, this is the moment I just, you know, I mean, I could be lucky to get there in two more shots, but do you think you could reach the green? He says, yeah, I mean, I think, um, it's only 260 and it only is uphill to the green. Uh And, uh, took a and an eagle wood. is running through your head. Exactly. <laughs> and I had a shot at the hole. <laughs> so anyway, um, he took out a three wood and he put the three wood on the green. And I mean, oh, so you ask a really good question, Martin. What, how do you, you feel? It is so alien to what I yeah, would. Yeah. If I was standing from that day in, I think it was 2017, to be honest. Uh, if I was standing from that day to now, uh, even if I had hurricane whatever behind me, I don't think you yeah. could ever consider getting a ball. It's a different game. 
Unbelievable. Different game. Well, I, I remember standing at the Players' Championship at, at Sawgrass watching Tiger Woods warm up. And suddenly the crowd yelled, Daly's hitting driver. Now, this is a, <laughs> quite a number of years ago. And the crowd moved from behind Tiger Woods down <laughs> to the far end because John Daly was trying to <laughs> knock it over the fence <laughs> at the far end. At yeah. two, and the yeah. fence was at 280 yards and yeah. was like 40 foot high. Yeah. And John Daly's trying to drive it over for to show off to the crowd. And yeah. I'm sure consistently and, he did. And, but, but I couldn't see the ball for the first four shots. Because I'm looking at the completely wrong trajectory as to where I'm thinking, where would that ball go if I hit it hard? Then it would be in a big sort of loopy arc. Whereas he was hitting it and and off it went. And and I do remember, but it's those moments up close. I actually caddied at the Irish Open at Royal Portrush. Uh, ah. In Colin Montgomery's group, okay. So I, no, I didn't caddy for Colin Montgomery, but I caddied for an American gentleman, um, and uh, it was great being a caddy that day because that American gentleman, who won't be a listener to this podcast, was so awful that I could be the world's greatest caddy because he couldn't hit it where I was telling him anyway. <laughs> but watching, again, Colin Montgomery up yeah. close, who was a man, again, past his prime. Yeah. Again, but still phenomenal Absolutely. to watch. Brilliant. And just the yeah. way they do yeah. it. Yeah. So, and so it was. it's a privilege to see it. And you have to be there to, to understand, to see, and to appreciate the, uh, the sounds different. It the, does. Everything's different. Uh, and, um, yes, and that's the why fizz off the club. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. they uh, earn their living. I was watching another tournament, and we were standing close to Sergio Garcia hitting an yeah, iron out of the rough, and it sounded like a gunshot. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I'm going. Normally, mine out of the rough sounds a bit that sort of swooshy, <laughs> swooshy yes. sound, and you hope the ball's in the air <laughs> at the end of it all. But this thing took yeah. off like oh! oh I mean, they just hit it so completely it's, differently. It's great, and um, but certainly uh, there, I think the facilities there for the players during the the open is um, yeah is is something for the future. Just going back and again, Martin, it was something you touched on there, and we were talking about the highlights, and you talked yeah. about Darren Clark hitting the first ball. I think one of the lowlights, of course, was Rory. Yeah. I mean, you talked about Rory. Well, we haven't we haven't touched on Rory. Well, yet. no, but you touched on Rory yeah. not making the cut at the Masters, and I think that was one of the disappointments uh, that Rory uh, didn't make the cut. You know, it's, it's it's funny. I I wasn't actually down at the first whenever Rory teed off. Yes, yes. Uh, that I, was seven. Didn't I was getting feedback of what had happened. Uh, in fact, the feedback was coming thick and fast to the point that nearly I thought that this isn't true. This is yeah, just actually yeah, somebody, couldn't believe you know, it. So, because they said, oh, his first ball's out of bounds and we think maybe his second ball's out of bounds. And and you're thinking, no, no, look, look, this is. And his second shot was not far from, indeed, the first one was only just, but still, I mean, we, we, we were, and then they said, look, he's recorded an eight. And, and I was thinking, no, I mean, this just cannot be. Yeah. And it was the contrast of that, which really, that was a downer for me. I mean, I had high hopes of Rory. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that I thought he was, I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. There was a huge amount of pressure on him uh, to deliver at, at this particular event. He was the go-to person for the Open um, he has shot 61 around, admittedly, the previous course. He but was the old course record he, holder. He really, really um, had, um, I had a high expectation for him and obviously that, that first hole. But, you know, he dealt with it 
And and what he then delivered, as only Rory can do in terms of what he gave back to us from the very difficult day on the Thursday yes, the next to day. the excitement. Yes. Has there ever been an individual trying to make the cut yes, that inspired yes. such enthusiasm, excitement amongst the spectators? I was going to a reception that Friday evening and Rory, as we all know, was out late to, to finish. Yeah. And he really was on his game coming through the 15th and onto yes. Calamity and uh, I mean, it, it just petered out at the very, very last right. in terms of not being able to achieve the cut. I was absolutely, you know, I had the radio on yep. trying to... I think, not, I think everybody was... Uh, it, it, it captured it. I was still on the course. Oh, you right. I, yeah. That was the day, the full day yes, I was I remember there. remember listening. And, and, and I, I remember going... And, and the problem was, of course, you, what you have to do when you're on the course is you can't very easily follow... Yeah, every yeah. shot. So you have to you go to the twelfth, and then you go Move across forward. the fifteenth, yeah. or or whatever it is. You 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 pick your spots, and you're you're waiting to see, and you're trying to watch and see. Yeah. Has he done it again? The cheers are going up. Yes, I mean it was a phenomenal run, but yeah. there's always this moment you know yeah. that yeah. there yeah. you know it's yeah. you're it's such Very a fine line between yes. yeah and and I just I mean I really. So we, we had been built up and I thought for a minute or two he was going to do it, maybe for an hour or so. And and then to be, you know, to have that taken away from you again, I had just this idea that, you know, Rory would be there for the four days yeah, and people, yeah. and as we know, people would have supported him through and through, even if he wasn't going to be in the first, you know, oh, absolutely. Uh, run of it. So, you know, we, we wish him well for this week to come. I thought the old irony when you mentioned there that Rory held the course record, the old course record in two thousand and five of the sixty one. Yeah. Of course, uh, the new record holder uh, on this well from the Saturday was Shane. Yeah, sixty three. Yeah, Shane's Super Saturday. It was. was uh, it. I think that's how it came to to pass. And I mean, if if the Wednesday, as you referred to earlier, Martin, and uh, obviously the the blow in of the squalls on the Sunday afternoon uh, were were anything on the on the true North Antrim coast weather. The Saturday did give us that opportunity that people could lounge around and yes. in, in a most glorious day with what benign conditions. Uh, and, you know, for Shane at that point to deliver the round, which really set up the winning. Let's be, oh, you know, absolutely. You always have to set it up. You know, you have to set it up. Now, he still had to, you know, go through and produce. And we've seen, you know, many great casualties of leading major championships over the last 40 years who went out on the Sunday and couldn't deliver. But the Saturday was was completely on a string. I, I yep, mean, he, yep, he had yep, it. Yep. And even if you recall his, his, his shot into Calamity, you know, again, yes. you know, one of the iconic holes, you know, 230 yards, par three, and it just gracefully, it, it looked like a 110-yard wedge the way he played it. <laughs> well, it, it's funny, um, myself and the commander played golf on the Saturday afternoon at Bushfoot. Oh. In the sunshine. Wow. And then went back and saw the end of, oh, of the round. So we'd watched in the morning. We went out and played 18 holes in the sunshine, six miles from the open. And uh, while it was playing, we, we ended up playing with two chaps who were driving for the open 
and they oh, had the nice. afternoon off. They'd driven all the players yeah, in the morning yeah. and they weren't due back for silvers. So they came around and played golf. We ended up playing golf with them and had a very entertaining afternoon and then went back and saw the, the end yeah, of it. So, so, yeah. Well, I mean, it, but it was it was remarkable because that, that afternoon was, it was the Costa del North Antrim. <laughs> yes. It was just absolutely beautiful. And just when I mentioned the, the Sky team, and this just rings a bell with me, when she and Laurie came in that day and he had a four-shot lead, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to embarrass myself. I can't remember, you know, the guy who usually uh, interviews him. Tim in Barton. That's it, yeah. thank you. And he or turned Barton. around and Barton. said, and Shane, you have a four-shot lead going into the final tomorrow. And, of course, you had a four-shot lead <laughs> Going into the US Open at Oakmount. Now, how do you, why do you say something like that? Yeah. And then, of course, you watch Shane the next morning, uh, the next, and he starts off with a bogey, and you go, oh no. Yeah. But <laughs> I, oh, thought that, that, but I thought that was. That's that was the her. same psychological pressure as I try and put on you on well, a Tuesday night day. Definitely Renegades uh, play. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, certainly that. Yeah, you're quite right. And I mean, uh, the opening on Sunday when. I mean, obviously, you know, Tommy, I mean, that, that first hole was yeah. incredibly significant. Had Tommy hold and Shane missed. Uh, 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 Shane sunk a great putt for yeah. a bogey. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, it was it was a phenomenal, I don't think I, I moved much no, that day. I no. think I, I went yeah. to the kitchen for a sandwich and came back and that <laughs> well, was I, yes. like the highlight. I, I felt the deal was done. Um, we all like to think it was written in the stars, but I felt that the deal was done. The 14th was where, for me... It was beyond anything going wrong. And it was beyond anything going wrong, yes. except, yeah. <laughs> except everything. We've all had the except yeah. moments. And that and they, would have been Of course, it. he birdied 15. Yeah. And there we knew, yeah. oh, this, this is it. This is all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Except. Yeah. That was so enjoyable. Except, I'm always nervous. I was, <laughs> I'm always nervous when I have somebody that I'm supporting coming down the stretch that they're going to do the one really impossible yeah, but, or they're going to hoik it out of the golf course yeah because <laughs> it's, it's all been done oh, oh listen uh, i mean and we've, john we've van seen Veld. carnoustie um i can't remember the year of john van der veld at carnoustie, yes, but yes, what, that's yes. it but john van der veld was it. everybody absolutely who ever watched golf and, and knows how the guy can start engraving at that stage <laughs> yeah. like, whoa well i'm not <laughs> sure if it ever had to be uh changed uh, i i would suggest that whoever advises the engraver um, as to commence proceedings, yes. um, has a, a very careful, yes, calculated yes, yes, view yes. of. <laughs> well, he uh, was a few ahead of that, uh, but I mean, he was he was standing at calamity. Yep, yeah, and and he was talking to uh, an art glass member, his okay. caddy, yes, his of caddy, course, Paul Martin, and they chatted. I'm sure for two minutes about the shot because yeah. the wind was blowing. Yeah. And I think we've we, anybody who's played Calamity yeah. knows what a shot he had. Do you know there's something and, in its name? Oh, well, yes, there's just something, something in the name that indicates there may be a problem. Yeah. And he hit a beautiful like shot, and and then just to the front of the green, but the two putt he had then Absolutely. was fabulous. Yeah, uh, and then I think once he sunk that, uh, I think we knew. I think we knew. Yeah, it was. I mean, as as you quite rightly say, Martin. I mean. Who ever thought of naming the whole calamity? But, but <laughs> I think also is is quite uh, you know suitable to report that the seventeenth hole is called purgatory. 
So yes. calamity is followed yes. by purgatory, yes. <laughs> and therefore, so somebody either had a, a sense of um, let's call it a sense of humor. humor yeah, we'll, we'll be polite. Black humor <laughs> yes. in terms yes. of how they uh, viewed yeah. the the finishing stretch. Well, well but, we 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 have made a, a point in this podcast of yes. noting as well that the United States of America names their courses differently yes. to us. Exactly yes. what I was and, going to bring and, up. And we frequently we, we <laughs> go, you know, do you want to play Desert Dunes? Do you want to play Grey Wolf? Do yeah. you want to play Black Diamondback? Yeah. You know, yes. Grey Hawk, the yeah. Raptor yeah. and Talon courses. Vulcan's Fire. And then we come over here and, and we have a tendency to to name courses awfully nicely. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and so they all sound very, very, very nice. So, so I like the idea that you've named some of the, not you personally, but <laughs> yes, yes. Wilford Rush have names of holes it, it, that are in fact yeah it, just it, that it, little bit it more sexes it up a wee bit doesn't it, it, it yes. does and i mean the uh yes we 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 now see so many of these great championships are played in the pga tour you know from the you 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 know you have the the bear trap the snake that's right hit the, the green mile the, the green, green mile, mile. Yes. and and i'm not sure what we would amen uh, corner amen well <laughs> the uh but I'm thinking at uh, Royal Perush. Um, I think I think the two names of calamity and purgatory, purgatory. are sufficient Excellent. to stand out. They're, up, They're, They're right up, up there, and of course yes. they are now very much. I mean, 2020, you did not get the American visitors that you would have expected off the back of the Open, uh, but yeah. not because they don't want to come, simply because of yeah. COVID nineteen. I mean, it's 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 parked for this minute in time. I I am pretty sure that, um, and I refer to this as Irish golf uh, in terms of the international visitors will return to Ireland. Oh, they will. Uh, when conditions are either acceptable or allow it. And I am not concerned in any shape or form that there will be um, a return to that. I, I unfortunately do think it might take still um, well into 2022 before we get that uh, build-up of international travel but uh, but let's hope that yes, uh, yes. things are improving. Things are are looking so much more positive. Um, oh, they therefore, are, yeah. uh, as you I think were saying, you know, earlier, Des, the, we're we're now thinking and watching golf and television with spectators. We're watching rugby yes. with spectators. We're watching yes. football with spectators. It's an improving picture. It's an improving yeah. picture. Yeah. Yeah. And please, my word, it brings back uh, the life. Well, yes, it, it, it yes. does. Oh, and I mean, I find yeah. some of the early golf tournaments with no spectators very hard to watch. Oh, they because were. Because they were... I agree. They, they were fairly soulless. Although, as I've also said in the past, I'm really quite saddened that as they bring spectators back, they also seem to have allowed in the idiots that yell things like <laughs> mashed potato, <laughs> which is one of my great hates. Yeah, I'm well, going, you know, please don't... Yes, I mean, it's, yeah. I have to say, you know, as you're sitting here and I'm looking at your very fine uh, sideboard with uh, wonderful sort of uh, memories of your times traveling around the world. And there's the the Masters um, flag uh, 2017 behind you. It, um, it certainly is an event that, um, you know, anyone there... Uh, and I do think it's also quite strictly policed at an Open Championship. We didn't and don't get that type of... Uh, we get enthusiasm, we get excitement, we get uh, encouragement for the players, but it, um, you know, it is well-policed, and both those events will be inclined to remove anyone who is yes. I think those yes. two events, more than any other, yeah. can actually get away with and that. And it's refreshing. Uh, 
in yeah. the fact yep. that they are willing to do that. Uh, and uh, and I think it brings something sensible back to it. But uh, yeah, we could all do without that. Perhaps maybe if we go to the Phoenix Open or something and, mm-hmm. and we've, we've watched that and we would probably all quite enjoy that theatre of... Uh, we ha- we have played threes. that We have played that course. We have a couple of we times. Ha- we have played it yes. when they've the stands built around the 16th. Sure. And you can actually press a button and have the sound. Sound, okay. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and, and, and so if you want people yelling at you yeah, while, you, yeah. while yeah. you don't hit the and green. When, the, when those Americans get a few beers into them, yeah, when, well, when they've been sitting there from about 11 in the morning, yeah. uh, there's some commentary coming out, yes. I actually first witnessed that at the Players' Championship uh, on the final day, and uh, they, uh, at 17, they, the spectators, and there were several hundred of them who had been drinking heavily, they decided to fixate on the on the young chap who was carrying the scoring sign oh, right, with right, every right, group. Right. Uh-huh. So every group's sign boy yeah. got a huge <laughs> cheer. cheer. Uh, and then every so often, all you'd hear is, no, sign girl. <laughs> and another big cheer. cheer. So, and, and none of the players, the players find it quite amusing. Yeah, and yeah. it was, it was yes. quite, it was quite engaging. Yeah. But, Sometimes the ones who just that's, yell that, the minute somebody that's hits That's quite uh, tolerable. Yeah, yeah in that, comparison. that's at least. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do think, and I sort of then reflect back to the the fact that you know when we do get that absolute excitement, and you know when Shane Laurie came through those past, you know those last oh, three holes, yes, yes. and the the crowd were just you know absolutely swelling, swelling, olé, swelling, olé, and, then, olé, olé. and then we we came down eighteen, and it was uh, you know it was back to the Jackie Charlton's World Cup uh, team from nineteen ninety or whatever it would but have been. You see that those were the moments, at least on eighteen, the minute he hit the fairway on eighteen, yeah. Yeah. You're kind of going, this, yeah. this is now it. Yes. I, I wasn't there at 15. I certainly wasn't yeah. there at 12, you know. But the very fact you're going, really? It yeah. is now. But you see the very interesting thing, and I didn't realise it until the first day I was there, the practice. That stand on 18. Yeah. That is just unbelievable. The difference it makes in framing the yeah. golf course yes. and, and everything else. It is, in one respect, Spectacular, and the other thing, it must be quite terrifying. It's, it's you're hitting into this cold, yes, and this, this, an amphitheater. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's interesting you say that, Martin, because even week in, week out, we still, as members, chat about this. We really enjoyed it. I had been told in advance one thing your members will really enjoy in the build up to an open championship is playing the course when the stands are up. Yes, yes. and and I hadn't quite taken that on board. At, took it as a throwaway line, but it is actually very true. The members, um, and I myself would totally agree, we really enjoyed playing into that 18th until yes. the course was closed for the build-up in the last four or five weeks. A and different hole, I'm sure. I mean, and yet the topography, the 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 contours are all identical. The bunkers yes, haven't course. moved, nothing has changed, but it looked so different. And, and it's so spectacular. Yeah. And oh. last last Saturday when I was playing there, we commented, can you really believe there was an amphitheatre <laughs> of grandstands around the screen? Yes. And how many did that stand hold? Actually, I, I can't, I think it was maybe five, six thousand. I can't remember just exactly uh, how many people. But think about five or six thousand people yeah. effectively. And that you probably take within the outer perimeter, you then had hospitality down the left-hand side of the fairway 
And then, of course, the mass crowd that came that down the 18th. In. Yep. Behind yep. that. So, you, I mean, I, I'm not sure how many people would have been in the vicinity to have had a, a view of the 18th when yeah. Shane Laurie finally and Tommy Fleetwood and stepped I do you remember it. Rich Beam commenting on that scene with Laurie on the green? He says, I have never seen or heard anything like this at an open before. Well, that, that was going to be one of my sort of general questions to John is, you know, the sound. Yeah. Presumably you were round 18. Yeah, yeah. And then you, obviously when Shane Laurie stepped forward in the prize presentation, you were you were there. It's... It's the sound not ingrained in you. It is actually, and I mean, you 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 know that a everything now has. Uh, I mean, I, I I walked out onto the 18th green as part of the the prize presentation party, and it it was such a satisfying feeling. Uh, Will Merskin was there, the captain of Royal Port Rush, the ladies' captain Liz McCartney, she was there. And and you walked out uh, into this cauldron, and you now you had the you had an Irish winner. I mean, who would have ever thought you would hear the fields of Athenry? I mean, if if you had told me, Martin or Des, if you had said yes. to me in North Antrim, no, it's North Antrim. Um, I mean, I've been to rugby in Limerick and watched Ulster play Munster yes. and so forth, and we've watched it on television, and we have been to Irish matches, and yes. and it's it's something that you know has become part and parcel of rugby in Ireland. Yes. So anyway, we're we're there, and for you, for anyone to tell me that there would be this chorus of the fields of Athen Rye, <laughs> embraced by all. Oh, yes. absolutely. Yes. And, and tricolours flying, you know. And, 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 uh, and here we had produced an Irish winner, yes. um, which uh, on Irish soil, on Irish soil, uh, which which was just a remarkable scenario. You couldn't have scripted uh, it. No, and and I wonder, did it really happen? Are we really? I mean, it's, it's just it is a dream, and 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 I think the great thing of that when it goes right back to two thousand and nine. My yes. goodness, you know, just. And, Never and, give up on and the tell dream. me this, John. Tell me this, John. At that moment, or shortly after that moment, when they said, "Okay, over to you now, Royal St George's," how did you feel? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, that 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 maybe didn't have as big an impact on me as the walking out onto the, of course, as part of the presentation. Nor did it have as big an impact as the day we've talked about when yes. at Carnoustie you suddenly had the spotlight pressed straight onto Royal Port Rush Golf Club. Yes, but there was, I think, when we were coming out, there was that great feeling of satisfaction coming out as part of the presentation and seeing Shane lift the claret jug. Oh, you must um, have been so proud. You, you really said that you know what had become nearly a way of life. Over that period of time, yes. um, everything was focused on it, and to see it delivered in this incredible fashion of uh, a local winner in Ireland—my goodness, you—you uh, you, you just felt so proud. I felt very proud for Royal Polish Golf Club, primarily in terms of their brave decision. Yeah, but I also felt very proud. For Northern Ireland, yeah. because we had delivered what was, without question, a world-class yes. event. And I, again, felt very proud 
for the risk that the RNA themselves took. That's uh, true. Yeah, yes, yeah. it was a huge point. financial success. And that in itself, for those, the risk takers who took that decision, it would have been very easy to have said, no, it's too difficult to go to Royal Port Rush. Yeah, so yeah. full well, credit. That That's actually an interesting point you've just raised because my understanding from a commercial sense, this is one of the most successful opens of all time financially. Yeah. I mean, it was sold out. Everything was sold out. In fact, my understanding is that the branded merchandise was gone by the Friday, which they've never done. An nope. average open shop, according to my sources, uh, turns over half a million pounds a day. At Royal Port Rush, they were turning over over a million pounds a day. Wow. And they cleaned out everything and had to get more supplies from some sort of central storage that was just branded the open. Yep. It, it, you'd sold everything that was branded yeah. the 148th open. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there, there is no question, you know, that whilst... The, the figures in themselves, the Open delivered in excess of 100 million to the Northern Ireland economy. That's, that's, that is what is incredibly important because... Because if, we want it back. If, if we, we do, and, and I am very much looking forward to the fact, and I, I do now uh, believe that when the Open returns, and I am that, 100% sure that, that was my next open, question to you, you know, John, <laughs> is, you know, that, that you? when it returns. But the, the the fact, I mean, I did let my guard down at one point in just in advance of the Open, on the week of the Open, and we had got on very carefully, very well, and I was, I was very satisfied that everything we had conducted was correct. And we had a reception on the Monday night, and I was asked to do, uh, to go out live on BBC uh, for the, I think it's the late news around 10.30, uh, and they decided to do it out on the third hole. And I was really, you know, I went out in a buggy. It was getting pretty dark, uh, but um, I, you know, the weather was decent and I went out and I was relaxed and, you know, this is a good news story. How could it not be a good news story? So I bounced out, you know, again, uh, went through the sort of the prelim and uh, and actually had let my guard down to the point that they had a go at the, at the public financing for the event, oh, which I had not expected yes. on the night of the Monday just before the event. And I gathered myself up. And again, it, it slightly, it was one little thing that did annoy me at the time to think that all of the effort that had been put in. And I, I've said actually to, you know, to various representatives thereafter, you know, in terms of that, that I thought it wasn't, just as appropriate to do it at that point in time. But anyway, that was fine. Press, media, they want to explore it. And there was public financing, as we all know. But, you know, when I did an interview just after, and, and the same interviewer came to me after, I was delighted to report that it had produced for public investment yeah. of whatever it would be. And it doesn't really matter what the figures are, yeah. but the final figure was it delivered back that hundred plus yes, million yes. to the North. And I suggested if I could do business with that That's every year, fantastic I'm news. happy. Not, on, not only that, it will return money to Northern Ireland year after Absolutely. year yes. now because yes. it's firmly back on the map. We were st we were yeah. getting American guests, we were getting international golfers looking at it, yeah. but it's on so many more people's radar right now. Yeah. And the Sky TV coverage showing yes. the North Antrim coast supplied by the tourist Absolutely. board and all the rest. These are the things that I think sometimes, and it, it, you're right, 
certain elements of the media decide they want to focus on an actual story. One of the nice things about our podcast is it has no agenda like that, Which, John. We're yeah, not uh, uh, we're not here to uh, trap you into some well, some statements. I, I do think that and and you know what is 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 going to come around to what is the elephant in the room as to when is the open going to return to Royal Rush in effect in the future. And whilst nobody knows when the Open is going to return to Royal Port Rush at this time, um, it will return to Royal Port yes, Rush. Yes. And I also believe the second Open is nearly as important. And it's not, well, should I say it should be the third Open? But in recent history, it will be the second Open. And I believe that that is a very, very important event to take place to cement what happened. Yeah. In 2019, yes. uh, we've had the massive disruption of what's gone on in the world over the last 18 or 15 months. Yes. Uh, Ryder Cups have been changed. All sorts of dates have been juggled around. Uh, the Open, as we know, didn't happen last year. I really do and would love to just go on record. I'm not involved in those negotiations, but you know, I wish all of those parties well in coming through and negotiating through yeah. to produce another Open for Northern Ireland, for Royal Russia and the RNA. Well, that actually does answer in a way a question that I hadn't asked but was in my head, which is I'm presuming that if it was coming back, you wouldn't take up the same role a second time. No, I mean, I retired from my role as chairman of the Championship Committee um, after that and I, on, in two ways, brilliant a, move, by the way, well, brilliant <laughs> move, because you, you, you know, can you top that? Well, I, I honestly think the next Open will be better. I really yeah, do. Yeah. I, I well, am I think convinced. You're, you're bound to have learnt a lot from this yeah. one and, and everything else. But I think your successor has got a huge task oh, because well, to mean, make it better, I think he'll have the advantage, he or she, I'm, I'm not judging, he or she will have the advantage of, of a template. Yeah, I mean, but, and but you yes, still got to yes. go out there and deliver it. Well, I think I think the way in which the RNA and combined with the support of the Northern Ireland executivist and tourism NI, they 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 have now that template, and and whilst they're incredibly professional uh, in 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 terms of delivering this magnificent event. Um, there is no doubt there will be things that they see that they can improve on. Yeah, um, the. And and they will leave no stone unturned to 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 make it better. However, they decide. I, I actually heard John at one stage that uh, the probability is that it should come back to Royal Port Rush uh, twice by twenty forty. Well, the the original uh, arrangement was that we would try to host it three times. Yes, um, and Northern Ireland would host the Open. Three times, and hopefully, excluding 1951. You know, excluding 1951, yes, yes. so that 2019 would be the first of three, and then yes, thereafter, yes. in many ways, as a sensible business decision, as a sensible club decision, that the who whatever parties were in charge mm-hmm. at that point in time would sit down and say, "Is there a future here? Yes. Is this it works well received? Does it work? Does it not? What have you? Uh, because and, and, you want to give it." A yeah. few goes. And of course, going back to 1951, uh, Royal Rush was the first time the Open was held outside the island of Great Britain. That's the only time, uh, the only time. until yeah. 2019. Yeah. And and therefore, I... I think they always... I, I believe that it will be delivered back to uh, Royal Rush, And I will thoroughly enjoy, whenever that 
event oh, occurs. Oh, we look forward I, to it. I really will enjoy going to it. And it's quite nice that I have been fortunate enough uh, to have worked alongside Will Merskin, Philip Tweedy, who were really all part of that last 10 years in, in getting to that point. And I would just wish whoever's going to take that role on on behalf of Royal Parush uh, well. But um, I just hope that our executive, uh, and I know, I mean, John McGrillan, who's who's in charge at Tourism NI, is a great supporter um, of uh, of this whole process, has great experience. Martin Slumbers, who's, and Johnny Cole Hamilton, who are in charge at the RNA. We have a lot of excellent people there who are going to, in my mind, be determined and resourceful to uh, putting on another oh, one or two events, oh, let's you know, so. whatever. Yes. I, I have to say it is, without question, one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. And I've been fortunate enough to be to a number. But as I say, it's probably the only sporting event I've ever been to that uh, hits me emotionally, uh, as I say, yeah. at a point in time where I just, just stood there in awe of oh. the fact that it was on our home turf. Yeah. And, yeah. and it yeah. just yeah. looked oh. so incredibly spectacular. Um, Brilliant. An, an interesting little question, which I, I suddenly thought up earlier today, which is Sunday finished, you went home. Yeah. You tried to get some sleep. What did Monday feel like the day after <laughs> it was all did, over? Did you actually wake up Monday? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, well, funny, we, after the event finished, uh, you have a reception with the winner. Uh, the championship committee have a reception with with the with the winner and the RNA championship committee. So before and, he got his helicopter down to somewhere and, down and, south and, that and is, went on the lash, and, <laughs> and that was when everybody was being very sensible. And that was a, a very special and pleasant occasion. Uh, we had our photograph taken with Shane Laurie. That is my championship committee, uh, and that's again a very uh, proud moment. So that only is, it's a very brief half an hour event. Yeah. A few nice words are spoken. And I, I returned into the clubhouse um, at Porish, which I hadn't really been in that much over the course of the, and socialising was going very well at that point in time <laughs> within the clubhouse. Yes. So it looks as if Monday morning was going to come to the clubhouse before people were either dispatched. And we... We stayed there for about 45 minutes, uh, maybe an hour. And it was just, it was very nice to, to see a lot of people there. Just obviously there were members and some of the guests of members. And we went back to Port Ballantrae and uh, all my family were over, as you would expect. And there was quite a few people in the house. Uh, Gillian, my wife, had, had prepared a, a, a very good sort of um, uh, evening meal, which... Uh, we all sat down and enjoyed and we had a glass of wine. And, you know, I went off to bed. At, I actually don't know what time it was, but anyway, went off to bed just feeling very satisfied. But I went round to the club the following morning at half past six. And I I got up and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go round here now and just have a feel. The circus had left yes. town. Yes, yes. And... It was quite interesting. I mean, it, it, there was a slightly sad initial feel to yes, it. Yes, yes, I'm Because sure. the circus had rolled out of town. Yeah. But at the same stage, everything was sitting there. It The place looked incredibly tidy. And, and I think where I felt and had a... I just had a brief walk about. Uh, and then I, I, I went back home. 
And um, I was just very satisfied that the whole place just looked the way it should. should. It, back to normal. It just was back to normal. And there there wasn't going to be any long-term damage. It's well, remarkable the amount. that is I was going to ask, actually, John. I mean, I'm sure it took a few more days to get all the oh, yeah. infrastructure lifted off the course. Days? Was there, it took weeks yes. to get it lifted but off the there, course. But was there much damage to the course once they lifted those stands and no, the 18th? I mean, and I mean, the way it had been laid out, and you can now see why the planning and the organisation to that, the, oh, particularly good. the playing part of yes. the course, was in pristine condition because there only had been 150 players playing course, it over a four or five day player period. And they actually all don't muck it up because no. they hit it a different way to you and me. But <laughs> yes, they're quite <laughs> good. Yeah, and they don't, you know, so it was immaculate in terms of the playing parts. That's good and to hear. Yes, a few of the, some of the hospitality areas and things, but those were well out of the way of, um, yeah. you know, anything. And uh, it was commented on by the membership as to, and again, I'd been advised on that by the RNA that they said, look, you know, your course uh, and the nature of British Isles weather will mean by the time October comes round, yeah. Yeah. you would not know an event had been no, there. Of course not. And, yeah. and I, would, I would hold that that is true. I also think in the time I was on the course, I saw very few examples of people doing anything other than be very respectful in terms yep. of dealing with their rubbish, putting away yeah. the, the recycling. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a brilliant idea, whoever came up with it, uh, the little bottles, the steel yeah, bottles so, and the water uh, that you could go and keep refilling. Yep. That went down in absolute storm. That's um, the sort of thing that's Those really are the sort of attention to yeah. detail points that were really so... I mean, there weren't so many plastic bottles. Yeah. You, yeah. Everybody was being yeah. given a little metal bottle and then you went and filled it up, which was absolutely great. And, and that is a, a very, very strong policy. We have a... There is a huge environmental policy now in the build-up to any Open Championship. And, th- and that was something that actually staggered me in terms of even down to the point that if a bird ends up nesting... Whether it be in a bunker, whether it be in a stand, that's out of commission. And there's no uh, ifs, yeah, no buts. Yeah. There is no uh, slippage on the attention to environmental sensitivity. And one of the things that was brought forward for the 148th Open was the idea of removing plastic from the event. And, and it worked. It, it really was it was very good. I don't know if you realise, actually, about the tournament. And I, was, I was looking at this. You had 31 former major championships playing. Okay. Well, that's something I, if you'd asked me how many major champions were there in the field, I would have probably not picked 31. I would have maybe said 17. So great. Interesting number you pick at 17. Oh. Because 17 of them made the weekend. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> 17 of the 31 made the weekend. But interestingly, 32 major champions yes. left the championship because obviously Shane Laurie was added to the list. Ah, uh, 31 ah, arrived, ah. 32 departed. Ah, um, brilliant. But of these, uh, the 14 that made former champions that didn't make the cut, yes. you obviously have Rory, Darren and Padraig Harrington. Tiger. Tiger, Phil and Adam Scott. Yeah, yeah. That's... None, none of them. Now, I, I went through and, and, and looked, and I mean, there are other, and I'm not being disrespectful to other major championship, but those are the ones yeah. that crowds follow. Yeah, that was, yeah. and and yes, if if I had a wish, I would have liked all of those name players that you have uh, mentioned 
to have been there over the weekend. That would have been more icing, more cream on top of the more cherry on top of the cream on top you of the icing. You wouldn't have sold more tickets because you'd sold so, every I mean, ticket. Yeah. In, in fairness, we we had the everything was maxed out. So, but if I had a wish, yes, I would have loved Rory and Tiger and Phil all to be there over the weekend for the benefit of those spectators. No, John, John, take it as a credit to the <laughs> golf course. <laughs> well, I, I saw a few shots from some of them and I mean, you know, I'm not being, you know, na- nasty to the point that poor David Duval um, had, who is also a former um, Open champion. He who, is. That's why he's there. Who, <laughs> who, who did not make it. Um, and his um, his tournament finished effectively with the seventh hole. Which, uh, I think he was plus 27 yeah. for the two rounds he played. <laughs> well, he was certainly plus a lot at the seventh hole, which I think is nearly still in dispute as to, was it 13 or 14? But anyway, uh, that's right, um, that's right, I think yeah. even in my scorecard, that would uh, you would be certainly struggling uh, to come yeah. back from anything along those lines. Yes. But still, the, the, the course was, was there. I mean, I did, I watched Tiger play a few holes and I think, fairness to Tiger at that point in time, I, I looked at his demeanour as he arrived on the Sunday and actually I went down to the first tee to see him tee off and he didn't look comfortable. No, that was my own. No, yes, I mean, I, yes. I, his, his body, we have had several major discussions on, on Tiger Woods and especially recently following yeah, his course, accidents, accident, et cetera, et cetera. I actually believe we've seen the, the last yeah, of Tiger yeah. as a truly competitive figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I think it was so, great that we saw the final Masters. Yes, that, that, because yeah. I think that is, I think 15 is it. Yeah. yeah. And um, for a golfer that we've all followed for the last yeah. 20, 25 years, it, it's, but all careers end. Yes. And, and I think the, the excitement of the win in uh, 2019 to win the Masters, to come back from, from where he was. I mean, I, I'm astounded, absolutely astounded to have him play Royal Port Rush. Uh, and I do hope that whenever the next Open might be that he'll be there again it would be fabulous. But to have him at Royal Port Rush uh, and teeing it up in a major championship was very important in my yes. mind. I mean, he is, he, he is the golfer that will be the uh, gauge for all professionals in the modern game. Yes. And therefore... Uh, it was it was important to see him there, even though uh, I don't think he was at his uh, strongest best. You know, it'll be interesting to see now how he can recover, and uh, everyone will be watching. And yes. uh, but I, I think it's going to be very difficult to oh, add to that doubt. fifteen majors. No yeah, uh, well, I think it is, and I mean, I think fifteen majors is a remarkable total. Anyway, Jack's yeah, eighteen, it's, I it's, think, will stand in the professional world. It's becoming increasingly unlikely when you see someone of the dominance of Tiger Woods that if he can only only achieve yeah. 15 then <laughs> yes I do love the way, way to put it yeah, yes. you know it would be uh, and you know it's it's a bit the way that we're sort of gauging that with tennis at the minute and you have Nadal and Djokovic and um, Federer you know in terms of how they have dominated the three have dominated tennis um, is is that going to happen again and in the future? Who did, knows? Did you realise that for the first time uh, ever in the recent ATP standings in okay. the tennis world, there is no American player in the top thirty? 
Goodness. And that is the that first is, time they can ever remember that uh, happening. I mean, I'm staggered by... Yeah. I mean, that's so Amer- American tennis isn't quite the dominant force, force it was in the 70s was, and yeah. 80s, etc. I think, I think just going back to the golf, I think we've, we've forgotten about Richard Bland. Oh, gosh. Hey, he well, could be starting up. He, he actually, <laughs> I, as I was leaving the house this evening, he was on a podcast, which was on Sky. Okay. Um, and um, therefore they were doing a seven o'clock podcast and he had literally come on and I... I just heard the first couple of minutes of it, and uh, what an achievement! What, what is first a, when it's four hundred and seventy-eight attempts. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> and the thing I read, which I really liked, is he said his target is to have played five hundred events before he he finishes yes. up, yes. and because he's now won an event, he's got the exemptions, yes, of course, <laughs> and he now can hit. That, yes. that secondary yes. target. Oh, that's a lovely well, it story. Was, it, it, it was actually, and the one little story he told just before I left the house to come here this evening was it was really quite nice. And he, I mean, I don't know the chap at all, but he he was he really sounds an, a top class guy. He just sounds yes. like a really nice fellow, and he was very modest about his uh, fact that he had achieved this great win. And obviously, he will be playing in the Open at Royal St George's. Uh, assuming everything goes according to plan, uh, which will be terrific. Uh, I'm sure he's played in quite a few other Open Championships in his 487 <laughs> various events over how many years. But he he said he was playing so well, and he was playing against two professionals who, who weren't on the tour at present, but two proper professional golfers. And he invited them out to play, and uh, they were friends or colleagues, but um, weren't currently on tour. And he told them, without being boastful, he said, look, I'm going to play off plus five, you play off scratch. And there is a, a rule within professionals that they're playing for 20 quid or 100 pounds or okay. whatever they do. They don't give shots that, you know, you take it on the chin. That's, there's a, there's a credibility. And the, the two guys were really offended by this, <laughs> you know, because the fact, you know, what are you saying to me? You know, I mean, yeah. you're going to. So anyway, they, they, they had a discussion that they, they told him, look, I'm not happy about this. And he said, look, I really am playing well. Uh-huh. And you guys haven't played for a few weeks and you're not, you know, at the competitive edge. I'm just, just, I just want That's to have a good, a, a good game. <laughs> and he went round an eight under and beat them <laughs> and took all the money off. Them. So he gave them the five shots. Good story. Well, it, it's funny. I was reading an article about um, the USPGA and the ocean course. And they had said that, um, that, the professional at the ocean course had said that no club professional would make the cut. Oh, right. He said only regular hitters. Right. And that was his phrase for the tour. Yeah. Regular hitters. Regular hitters. Of course, this and, is yeah. 7,900 yards. 7,878 yes. or something. The and longest actually, ever that, that, major. To date. To yeah, date. To date. And, and it'll depend very much oh. on... on Bifurcation. Bifurcation. We'll not go. We'll not go there, John. Yeah, this is. This, we're back to where we started. You can so see the the, 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 the color changing in Martin's but, face. But interesting. I I I looked it up in 1951. In 1951, Royal Port Rush played 6,802 yeah, yards right. and was a par 72. That's correct. And on the 2019 Open, it played at 7,344. And was a par 71. 71. Yes. So it's, uh, it's one shot less for 500 yards more. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things, but I would be very satisfied having 
seen the changes made to Royal Portrush in the fact that it has been extended where they need to. What I can tell you this evening is that during the Open Championship, and I can't just give you the absolute yardage, but during the Open Championship on all four days, they never played anywhere near the maximum length, of course, uh, because they were able to move certain uh, tees up to be suitable for the flags that they wanted to use. Um, And there was an an incredible skill set in the course presentation that doesn't turn it into a nearly a cringe of difficulty, yeah. but makes it very presentable. And there is another aspect to watching professionals at work, which the the way in which the RNA set up the course, yeah. you would not believe the time, the consideration as to how they are going to set it up each day in conjunction with the weather forecast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sensibly applied uh, on the likes of the Sunday. Um, and they don't make it look obvious to you and I who no, are watching. No. But You'd never know. It, you, you wouldn't know, but it makes it the event it is in terms of how that is applied. And when you see effectively under the bonnet of what happens there, yeah. that was one of the most impressive things. Yes. But they never played the course to its ah, maximum length. You see, uh, no, but I, I think that's, that's right. And I mean, I, I think good courses, I think the, the problem with a, a lot of the American courses now is they've just been built on huge expanses of land. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And at, at the end of the day, we, we have had a lot of conversations on this podcast about um, Bryson DeChambeau yeah. and his uh, hitting ability. He's not winning or dominating no. by doing it. He's just a great sideshow. In yeah. fact, I liked your phrase when the circus leaves town because well, I actually think that sometimes is exactly it. He will win sometimes. Bubba Watson wins sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Johnson wins sometimes. There's plenty of people who can hit the ball big who can win. But then recently, Brian Harmon has been playing yeah. really good golf and he is not one of the world's biggest hitters. No, I do remember watching, uh, I think it was a US Open Again, I can't quite remember the year. It might have been around the early 90s when Corey Pavin won at, I think, Shinnecock Hills. Forward to the, Forward to the, to the see, 18th. And, and we haven't scripted this. We haven't. <laughs> so, we are anoraks. Yeah. You, you need to and, understand and, that. And, and he was an incredibly short hitter. Now, I think yes. nowadays Rory probably would be hitting an eight iron where he was hitting that yes. Uh, yes. Yes. four wood. But uh, probably nobody has a four wood actually any longer. But um, They're in the equipment bin <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the garage. So, yes. Uh, yes. But uh, still, it was... There will be the skill set, the Lee Trevinos. I wouldn't have thought that he was probably one of the longest hitters in the world, but they had an artistry. Um, and you mentioned Seve there. Um, there was a wonderful moment there just a few weeks back, and I was in St Andrews on the day that they actually produced the image. And again, it's on YouTube. We I, put I it out on Twitter. Oh, oh, we actually great. forwarded it out on our uh, Twitter account. Well, I, I was there and couldn't believe the artistry that was produced. It was as art. It, it was artistry to be definitely in the, in the hands of Seve himself, because it was produced on the beach. And I must say the likeness, it couldn't have been anyone else. It was spectacular. Oh, it, was it, it was genuinely spectacular. Yeah, and when yeah, I saw that, funny. I just retweeted yeah, it. Yeah. I think it came via the European tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, and he is just one of our legends. And I mean, I don't think he ever hit a fairway, probably hardly. Um, well, there was a great you know, thing in the, 
in the Ryder Cup, I think it was Tom Lehman was playing him one time and Tom Lehman went something like one up on the 11th and Seve hadn't hit a fairway. Yes, that's, <laughs> and, and, it's, and, and I mean, it is. And, you know, that's Mr. Resky. And that's what's going to make and keep us all yes. alive uh, in the world right. of golf that's in right. variety. And, and I mean, it, I mean, I watched Bryson at the uh, PGA Tour event, you know, and I must say I enjoyed the moment when the he Bay hit, Hill Invitational, you know, and when he the hit fifth. the ball across. And, you know, I mean, how many young guys, girls playing golf have created that image of sign as they have hit their drive, perhaps in, <laughs> in their own little world. And, you know, it was quite that's a right. fun moment. It was. But, Golf right. needs to have some it fun does. associated yeah. with it. And that's why I like some of the output from the um, the European tour in particular. Yeah. They've still got a sense of humour. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's very, very important, especially when it's coming through. But, John, we have actually okay. kept you for a no, significant no. period of time. Two very last quick oh, questions gosh. for you. Yeah. You've got one round left to okay. play. You can have a good round anywhere where you've already played, not somewhere maybe you haven't played. And I know your home track yeah. is Royal Port Rush. Yes. So there's a temptation just to say Royal Port yeah. Rush right now. But where would you go for that one great round? Where would you like to go and just have a spectacular round? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to exclude Royal Port Rush from that um, in terms of uh, the... Because you have a spectacular uh, round there every the, week. <laughs> I have a round there every week um, that I managed to get there and I'm looking forward to going this weekend again. But uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's the obvious uh, place, but I, I think... Yeah, I would say the old course in St Andrews. Um, I've you know been lucky enough to play it a few times and uh, hope to play it a few more times in the future. And it, there is something about it that uh, really has intrigued me. I played it there a couple of weeks ago, and it it really does tease you. I mean, if you designed a course like that today, I think you know, somebody would strike you off in terms of golf course yeah. architecture, but... Well, I don't think our golf course architecture was a thing when that course <laughs> yeah. was developed. No. It's, it, it, it's it, not an industry. It has grown more and more on me as I've played it, and it because it teases you to think every hole there, you could actually achieve potentially a very, very good result. The trouble is stringing them all together and just being able to conduct all of the necessary uh you know, skills to uh, to get yourself around. But um, but anyway, I got round in, uh, let's say, uh, for my handicap, a net 72, so I was well pleased the last round. Ah, that's, that's a good result. And and finally, we do, we have mentioned the equipment bin a yes. couple of times in the way yeah. past. This is a thing we've talked about with most of our guests. And the equipment bin is what we all have in our garages. We're keen golfers. We've been playing 30, 40, yeah. 50 yeah. years in, in, in my case. And the equipment bin is all the stuff that you think you bought, you think will improve your game, but in reality it ends up in the bin of the garage as the next thing comes along. We have a one mate who, who just says you should never buy a golf club that isn't made of X space shuttle parts. <laughs> and, and and I think that's the way technology is yeah, going. Yeah. So what is the thing that you have bought along the way that you thought, this is it, this is the one thing that will make the difference, and then it yeah. just kind of didn't? Well, I mean, I, I suppose in, on two counts, there, there, when you mentioned this earlier, I said there's only one club that I can ever, ever 
think of that falls into that category. Please tell me it's um, a one iron because we all uh, tried no, to buy a one iron. No, no, actually, um, I must say I've um, I have not tried to uh, to ever uh, buy a one iron. I'm glad to say there was one little bit of sense I had, but I played the first competition I ever played in. I was fortunate enough to have two twos, and therefore I got whatever number of pounds for having the twos, and. I decided that I would go in and buy a putter with the money that I got from the two twos, which effectively was a ping putter. And I bought that ping putter and it is still in my, it's not in the bin, it's in my house today. I don't use it currently. It is there and it is brought out to put on the carpet every now and again as a mark, mark of respect to <laughs> that tutus to, to try and inspire me to go back to the days when I could have tutus on a, yeah. on a round of golf. But um, that was the the one club that immediately comes to mind. But I, I do have a Boom Boom Two Wood, uh-huh. which is in the bin. Yes. Um, that when I was going... That's not the first time that the, club has come up? The once in a lifetime that I decided I would have golf lessons and a, a local guy here at Balmoral I went to, um, Jeff Blakely. Blakely, yes. And Jeff... I remember um, him well, you yes. Know, and Jeff very kindly took it upon himself to try and uh, construct some form of swing around my p- poor attempt at making a swing. And... Um, he suggested the ideal club for me was a Boom Boom Two Wood, uh-huh. which um, I've kept it. Nice big silver head. <laughs> silver head. Yes. Gosh. I had one. I had one, John. Well, it was, um, and I did use it for a long time, but it's there as another mark of respect. Yes. So I've, I, yes. I can give you two for that. So anyway. Bit of history. Well, I mean, again, those are, are things that are always, I find them very interesting to see what we all actually did do at a, mm-hmm. at a point in time. And uh, I mean, the ping, the ping is a, a legendary club and you're absolutely right. It should be hung on the wall if it's not being used. Um, the Boom Boom Two Wood is a more unique proposition. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, I do enjoy hearing those little stories. But look, anyway, thank, thank you. you so yeah. much for coming in. I have to say that personally, I have found tonight's uh, conversation one of the most entertaining and fascinating we've had because you had a genuine insight. You're somebody who was right there when the biggest sporting event Northern Ireland has ever hosted was there. And from all of us who are golf fans, a, a genuine heartfelt thank you for everything you did. Here, here. It was as spectacular an event as I've ever been at and I loved every minute of it. And, uh, you know, I, I suppose we just have to set our target, Des, on when it comes back that we do a live podcast from the course. Yes, of course. Day and daily for the entire duration of the tournament. That yeah. will be our I, target. No doubt John will set that up for us. Oh, I, I can see him appearing as a regular contributor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the, uh, but no, no, I, I genuinely look forward to the future. Um, yes. and, I, and I am excited about the future. Um, and and I do think that um, this will be, as we have mentioned earlier, I just think when it comes back, it will be better and it'll be to the benefit of everyone involved. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Well, look, what a great place 
uh, to end tonight's podcast. The upcoming 149th Open should now uh, be about to start in the next week or so. Uh, This podcast will will drop just ahead of that tournament. Uh, Shane Laurie is the defending champion, and we wish him the very best of luck, along with our other local favourites and our host of international favourites. In fact, the Open is the one... uh, tournament I never attempt to predict the outcome for because uh, it it is an almost impossible uh, way. So good luck to all of the players. Absolutely. Uh, And until uh, we're back with another episode of In the Footsteps of Giants, uh, my name is Martin. And my name's Des. And my name's John. 